Hey everyone, this is Rabbi Brian. If these podcasts have been a blessing to you, will you please consider being a blessing to the nation of Haiti? Mishkan David supports two works of the Lord in Haiti. First is our orphanage, Beth Besed, which means House of Kindness, where 40 children are cared for each day, both spiritually and physically. And of course, there's our own Rabbi Peter Oliveira, who's setting Haiti ablaze by restoring it back to Yeshua, restoring it back to Torah, and to the Jewish roots of our faith in Messiah. Listen, to learn more, please visit www.torahforhaiti.org. That's T-O-R-A-H, number four, Haiti.org. There you can give a tax-deductible financial blessing and sponsor a child for only $20 a month. Hey, thanks for considering, and may Adonai bless you. Enjoy this podcast, which was recorded at our Mishkan David Shabbat service in Rhode Island. Shalom. So, uh, I know a pastor. Um, for the sake of confidentiality, I'll give him a different name. Anybody have a name for this pastor that you like? J- Joe? Joe Schmo, Pastor Joe Schmo. We'll just call him Joe. Pastor Joe. So I know a Pastor Joe who's a powerful man of God. Pastor Joe sets people free. Pastor Joe, when people are struggling, he has the words to deliver them from whatever they're struggling from. People come to Pastor Joe with a burden in their heart, and they leave Pastor Joe rejoicing in the Lord. They come to Pastor Joe feeling sick, and they leave Pastor Joe with wholeness and healing. They come to Pastor Joe burdened, and they leave delivered. Pastor Joe is a powerful man of God. Pastor Joe was talking to me once very honestly, and he told me that. He said, Brian, I could set so many people free through the words that come out of my mouth. So many people. I speak, and people are just, they, they, they eat my words. And they're good words. They, 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 they have lot. They take lodging in, in, their, in, in their soil, and, and good fruit comes from it. I've seen it. But there's one person who, no matter how hard I try, I simply cannot minister to. And that is, Pastor Joe said, that is my wife. Because to my wife, I'm not the great anointed Pastor Joe. I'm not the man of God, Pastor Joe. To my wife, I'm just Joe. Sometimes Joe Schmo. I'm just Joe to her. Because when I married her, and I'm not talking about me, by the way. I'm not, I am Joe Schmo, but, but I'm not Pastor Joe Schmo. I am Rabbi Joe Schmo, but that's, (laughs) (laughs) Shmuley. 
But to Pastor Joe's wife, he's just Joe. He's the guy that she married before he became Pastor Joe. He's the guy who takes out the trash every Monday and Thursday or more commonly forgets to take out the trash. He's just Joe. He's the guy when Pastor Joe is out ministering to somebody when there's a couple with a broken marriage and he's at their home ministering that to them for hours and hours and hours and hours and praying over them and laying hands on them and listening to them and being a pastor to them and setting them free for hours, sometimes into the wee hours of the morning. That's the anointed Pastor Joe. But to his wife, he just missed dinner again. And she's got to go to bed without somebody to hold again. He's just Joe. And he tries to minister to her, but she doesn't receive it because he's just Joe. Well, Pastor Joe is not alone. Pastor Joe's experience is written in the Bible. If you read Mark 4 and 5, you will see some amazing things. Now, Yeshua had some pretty good days, but Mark 4 and 5 is a pretty awesome, amazing day. All right? It starts out by him saying, you know, let's go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So they get into a boat. He takes a nap. Must have had a rough day before. He was probably ministering to a couple over the wee hours of the night. So he's in the boat. He's napping. A storm comes. The the waves surge. The winds surge. The disciples in the boat think that they're going to die. They wake him up. We're perishing. We're perishing. We're perishing. He calms the storm. This one that Bob was was so articulated so well, who is is God within him, Calmed the storm, said, peace be still. The disciples are amazed, and they went, whoa. As the song says, the waves and wind still know his name. Or as it says in Scripture, the waves and wind still obey him. Amazing miracle from Messiah. They get to the other side of the sea. I mean, this is quite a day. They get to the other side of the sea. He's immediately greeted by this demoniac that lives in the tombs and runs towards him and says, Yeshua, what do you have to do with me? And this demoniac was like, he was so oppressed. He lived in the tombs. They would chain him down, but he broke through the chains. You know, we sing a song, Break Every Chain, but that's not the breaking chains that the song talks about. He was breaking chains because of his oppression and his, as his rage or whatever it was that was in him, the demon that was within him. Yeshua cast out the legion out of him, tosses him into pigs. The pigs go jumping off a cliff. This guy is completely set free. Back in the boat, Yeshua goes back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He's immediately greeted by this synagogue official that says, my my daughter is sick, is going to die. I mean, this is quite a day. I mean, that in and of itself should have been enough. I mean, he deserved another nap after this. 
But now he's on the other side of the, of, of the, of the sea. This, the synagogue official comes to him and, and says, my daughter is sick, can you please come and, and, and pray and, and lay hands over her and, and heal her because she's dying? He says, no problem. He comes with his disciples on his way to heal her. This woman who had an issue with blood for so many years sees him and had enough faith to say, if I just touch his seat seat, I am going to be healed. So she lunges for him. She grabs him, you know, just enough to grab the seat seat. She's healed. He felt the power go out of him. She is fully healed. Now he goes to the synagogue official's house. The daughter is dead. He says, nah, she's just sleeping. He goes in there, wakes her up. She gets up. She is resurrected. Everybody's rejoicing. He says, go give her something to eat. Which is interesting because when he was resurrected and revealed himself to the disciples, he actually asked for some food. So apparently after you're resurrected, you get really hungry. So special note, before you die, bring a, bring a, bring a snack with you. Because when you're resurrected, you're going to be hungry. So this is an amazing day for Yeshua. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Nature obeys him. Demons obey him. Sickness obeys him. And death obeys him. Hallelujah. Amazing day. His next stop on the miracle train is Nazareth. Natsrat in Hebrew. Hometown. Yeshua's coming home. As I heard one pastor say, Bieber's going back to Canada. He's going home. Homecoming. He enters into Nazareth, and the reaction is amazing. He's invited on Shabbat. He goes to Shabbat uh, synagogue on Shabbat, just like we're doing today. He goes to synagogue on Shabbat. He's asked to speak some words. He speaks from the prophets. And the people are amazed. They're like, whoa. This guy's got some words. This guy's special. Until they realized something. And they went, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We know this guy. We know him. He, he's, he's one of us. We know him. He worked in his father's carpentry shop as a teenager. We know him. We saw him grow up. We saw him in diapers. We know him. We saw him go through his terrible twos. Now, I don't know if Yeshua really had terrible twos. That's a debate for the theologians. We, we know this guy. We know his mom, Miriam. We know his mom. We know his brothers. We know Yehuda, his brother. We know Yaakov, his brother. Judah and James. We know him. And their amazement at his words turned into offense. Because they were familiar with him. Because once in their minds, he was no longer Yeshua HaMashiach. 
the one that the law and the prophets spoke about. When he first came in, he was the anointed preacher. He was Yeshua, this amazing man of God, miracle worker man of God. But once he was one of them, once he was familiar, they could not receive him. And it's funny, it says that Yeshua could not do any miracles there. This is the same Yeshua that just did a miracle with the, with the nature, with the demons, with the woman with the blood, the sickness, and death. Conquered it all in Nazareth because they were familiar with him, because they didn't recognize his anointing, because they recognized Yeshua the guy, because he grew up there. He couldn't even do any miracles there, it says, except for laying on hands and healing a few people. Like, that wasn't enough. But it was nothing. Like, we, we do that. You know, people come forward for prayer. We lay on hands. We do that. He, he was limited. The miracle was limited because of their familiarity. I guess what the story is trying to say to all of us is that when you categorize into common what God brings to you to be special, you could miss your miracle. When you call common what God has brought to be a blessing and an anointed gift from the Lord, if you categorize it as common, your miracle can be limited. And we all do it. Come on, husbands and wives. We all do it. Well, I don't do that. But we all do it. I do it at my, at my job. You know, my job is a miracle from God. Before I went to Citizens Bank, I was working at another company for 11 years, and they worked my butt off. I was working 15-hour days, and they didn't care, and I stunk at what I was doing. So I was getting, like, really bad reviews, working late nights, weekends. My phone was ringing off the hook. I'd be sitting like at Mishkan Devi trying to enter in, and my phone is ringing off the hook on Shabbat. I would try to enter in on holidays. My phone is ringing off the hook. I, I, I'm, going, I'm doing like 40-hour like, like shifts in my mind from sleep deprivation. I'm going berserk. I mean, it was an insane job until they fired my behind. Yay, God! And then I, 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 I get a job at Citizens Bank where I am today, where I get to work 9 to 5. I am excelling because of the Lord at the same things I failed at. What I failed at at my previous job, now they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I know it's just the Lord. The Lord has like put like a Jedi mind trick on them or something like that. I don't know what's going on. They think I'm like the greatest project manager ever. They, they, manager ever. they have no idea that I really just stink at it. But for them, it's like I'm, like I'm like this amazing thing. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, you know, so my job is an absolute blessing. It is a blessing from the Lord. It is easy. It is, it's, I don't have to take work home with me. And plus, I have free time even at work. I have some downtime, which means I get to answer like texts from you knuckleheads throughout the workday. Or if I got to take a call from you knuckleheads, I can do that. I mean, it's amazing. It actually enables me to be a rabbi. It enables me to be a rabbi. 
Because I tell you this, if I was still working over at Pfizer, working the 15-hour days and stinking at what I was doing, I wouldn't be able to be a rabbi. Would not be able to. I would have no time for anything. So I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that God ripped me out of my previous job like he ripped the children of Israel out of Egypt and put me into this place to be an incredible blessing. It is a gift from the Lord, my job. Until Monday mornings when the alarm wakes me up and I'm like, Lord, when are you going to take me out of this job? I mean, I'm a rabbi. Can I serve you better if you got me out of here? And like, I mean, how many have have prayed the prayer, Lord, if I only won the lottery, I could serve you so much better than I can in my current situation? (laughs) So on Monday morning, I'm like, oh, Lord, why do I have to go into this job? I am your rabbi. I am a rabbi. And it's especially hard when we have like services like last Shabbat, which was awesome, and the, the Shavuot service on Saturday night, which was just beautiful, over-the-top expression of worship and word and word and worship and worship and word and, and, and intensity and quiet. And intens- it was just this incredible, beautiful time. And I'm like, whoa, I'm in my calling, man, until Monday morning. And I'm like, this stinks. Like, God, when are you going to take me out of this? And then he slaps me across the head and says, don't you take my gift and call it common. Don't you take my good gift from you. All good gifts come from me. All good gifts come from above. And don't call the gift that I have given to you as common and, and not a blessing, which it is. So I ask you today, are there any gifts from the Lord that you have classified into common? We all do it. We all do it. We all do it. We all do it. There's a, there's a, a pattern, a human pattern. Uh, Paul, when he talks about the experience of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses coming down from the mountain with his glowing face, he calls it the, fate, the fading glory. Because we know that when Moses received the, 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 the commandments and, and the, the Torah from, from God, and he was up on the mountain for 40 days, it was kind of like being in like the tanning booth for like a really long time. And he came down. He kind of glowed. He kind of glowed with a Shekinah glow. And he came down and his face was so radiant he put a veil over his face. And then um, uh, Paul did what's called a midrash on that. He he spoke a little bit of truth that's actually not in the scripture, but he was expounding on, on a on a truth, and he said that the reason he kept the, the, the veil over his head is because the glory was actually fading, and he didn't want the people of God to see that, 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 that the, the Torah is actually a fading thing and is a greater thing that is coming. Um, but I tell you something else right now, and this is a midrash. I know this is not in scripture, but I'm going to tell you to you as a midrash um, that the glory never fades. It's our perception of the glory that fades. Oh, come on now, married people. 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 Come on. You know you were hot and bothered over your wife and your husband and everything like that when you were married, and then the kind of, that's the fading glory, I think. Come on. Come on. We're all guilty. I'm not guilty of it. No way. No, no, no. (laughs) All the married people are like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. 
I am not looking at my spouse right now. I am not going to look her in the eye or him. But the reality of the fading glory is that it really doesn't fade. It's our perception that fades. We get used to it. It's kind of like it's, it's how God put it into our physiology with our eyes. You know, you go into a room that's really bright, and you're like, whoa! And then your pupils adjust to it. So is it the light that changed, or did your perception of the light change? It's the perception of the light that has changed. And I'll tell you it again. If you are calling common what God has brought into your life to be a special blessing, then just like in Nazareth, you are limiting your miracle. I just find it so amazing that, 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 that the Messiah who just went through all of these incredible, incredible times of a miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle could not do a miracle. I mean, he could. Obviously, he could. I mean, obviously, he could. But the miracle was withheld because to the Nazareans, he was common. He was one of them. He was just Yeshua. He was the guy that they grew up with. Oh, they, they heard the story, like, in his bar mitzvah training when he went to Jerusalem. Oh, they heard the story of how he was arguing with the rabbis and confounding them, and his mother Miriam had to kind of drag him out by his ear. You know. I mean, they heard all those stories. But he wasn't Yeshua, the one that the law and the prophets spoke about. He was just Yeshua, the guy that they grew up with, and they despised him because of that. And I am telling you right now, don't despise the blessing that is right before you, that is a gift from God for you to receive as a gift from him. The Psalms say, bless the Lord, O my soul. With all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. And then it goes on listing a whole bunch of benefits because we need that. All right, don't forget the benefits. All right, what are the benefits? Okay, he forgives me, he redeems me. He lists them all. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So, so it's so amazing. Can anything good come, come out of Nazareth? Like Philip, he found the one that the law and the prophets spoke about. He found him. And he was so excited to share him. And he goes over to Nathaniel and he goes, Nathaniel, I found him. I found him. I found him. I found the one that the law and the prophets spoke about. And Nathaniel was all excited. Where is he? 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 I want to see him. I want to see him. And he goes, He's right here. He's Yeshua Minatsra, Jesus of Nazareth. He's right here. And the guy goes, Hallelujah. Nazareth. Nazareth. It was like a hallelujah interruptus. Was that inappropriate? Come and see, come and see, come and see, come and see. I found the one that lost. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Where is he? Where is he? He's Jesus of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Nazareth. Nazareth. You ever go to back to your hometown, like with your with 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 your wife or something, or your husband, and you're like, this is where I grew up. And they're like, you grew up here? Nazareth. No. What, what good can come out of Nazareth? You know, I have a hunch that that's not the first time that that expression came about. I bet you Nazareth had a little bit of a reputation. It was a dump. Nothing good. 
I mean, the Messiah here. I mean, look, look in the Old Testament. Look in the Tanakh. You got like Jerusalem, which is, uh, you know, isn't the Messiah going to come out of Jerusalem? What about Bethlehem? You know, I mean, the prophets say, Micah, for you, O Bethlehem, small among Judah, a ruler will come. You know, why, why is it at Bethlehem? Like Nazareth. But if you think about that Nazareth, the what good thing can come out of Nazareth? If Nathaniel wasn't the first person to have that idea about Nazareth, I bet you the Nazareans had that view of themselves. So what good thing can come out of Nazareth? I bet you the Nazareans knew that because the label was put on them. Is Saul among the prophets too? How's that for another label? The Holy Spirit, the Ruach, comes on to Saul, Shaul, Saul, the first king of Israel, powerfully. Samuel just orchestrates this whole incredible thing with Shaul and with Saul, and he, he goes and meets these other prophets, and the prophets, interesting, they gave him two loaves of bread. We just had two loaves of bread in Shavuot. There's another connection between Shavuot and, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. It's even in the Old Testament. Holy Spirit falls on Paul in a powerful way, and then the expression, is Saul among the prophets too? Is Saul among the prophets too? That's the same kind of spirit. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So I bet you the Nazareans didn't just reject Yeshua. I bet you they just rejected themselves. Because when they saw Yeshua and they realized he was one of them, well, nothing good can come out of us. Nothing good can come out of me. I release you today in the name of Yeshua of labels that were put on you that are false. False labels. You know what the answer to do nothing good can come out? Yeah, no kidding, nothing good. Yeshua leveled the playing field with that one when he said there is none good but God. And that is why God had to come in the flesh as was, as was, as was taught today, as was taught today. to lay down his life and to live inside of us. Now the goodness of God is within us. So now it's no longer us that live. It is Messiah that lives within us. So the goodness that comes out of us is God's goodness. So yeah, no good thing. No good thing can come out of any of us. Here's the fascinating thing about this. What good thing can come out of Nazareth? What good thing can come out of Nazareth? What good thing can come out of Nazareth? 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 That little dump? The beginning of Matthew, as they're going through the different prophecies that Messiah fulfilled, it actually says, in, in Matthew, it says, to fulfill what the prophets said, that he shall be called a Nazarene. And you have to hear this. This is an amazing revelation. The prophets say he shall be called a Nazarene. Well, where does it say that? All of you Old Testament scholars should realize that there ain't no scripture whatsoever in the Old Testament in the Tanakh that says, and, and he shall be called a Nazarene. It's not in there. But when you look deeply into the Hebrew, Isaiah 11.1 1 says, there shall come forth a rod out of Jesse, and a branch shall grow from his roots. The Spirit of God will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding. That is a messianic prophecy. The Hebrew word for branch is netzer. It's the exact same Hebrew word as the word for Nazarene. Woo-hoo! 
You'll never know that just by looking in the English, but when you dig, when you decode it, you see, there's what people think of Nazareth, and then there's what the prophets say of Nazareth. Do you understand that? There's what the people say, and then there's what the prophets say. There's the labels from the people, and then there's the truth from God through his prophets. And I got news for you. The word of the Lord overrules any false label that was put on you by anybody. And the word of the Lord says that something good can come out of you when he is within you. So do not let your familiarity with anybody, with your family, with any part of you, diminish the miracle that he has for you. And do not even let your familiarity with, your, with yourself deny Mashiach within you. Because what is in, within you is special. Is special. Is special. What, what good thing can come out of Nazareth is what Nathaniel said. And Philip's answer was, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. What good thing can come out of Barbara? Come and see. Come and see. What good thing can come out of Cynthia? Come and see. What good thing can come out of Bob? Come and see. Come and see. What good thing can come out of Mark and Susan? Come and see. Come and see. What good thing can come out of Anna over there hiding in the corner? Come and see. What good thing can come out of Steve? Come and see. What good thing can come out of Jose? Come and see. I want to see it all. I want to see it. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, today we will not despise the blessing that you have put into our life. Father, even if our eyes adjust to the brightness, Lord God, we will not say that the brightness is diminished. We will just say that our, our perception of the brightness is diminished, and we will not deny you. And we will, not, we will not deny the good gift that comes from you. Your mercies are renewed every morning. It doesn't matter if today's morning looked a lot similar to yesterday morning or the day before morning. Mornings can look pretty similar, but his mercies are renewed every morning. Every morning. And we receive the gift. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You know, one breath may look like another breath. We may just forget about the fact that our breath is a gift. This is why he reminds us, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is why we have sound system problems and we don't care. Because the sound system doesn't have breath. We have breath. And we'll praise the Lord no matter what. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Yes, and we remember. We remember the gifts that you've given us, Lord God. We remember. We won't diminish. We won't diminish through familiarity our miracle. We won't diminish our miracle through our familiarity. Thank you, Adonai. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah.